Hello, and welcome to the Maker Mom podcast. I'm your host, Katie Freeman, and this is the very first episode of the Maker Mom podcast. So why don't I give you a little background on what it's all about. Being a mom, working or staying at home comes with all sorts of tasks, from diaper changes to helping with homework. Being a maker serves as a creative outlet for many busy moms out there. So in this podcast, I'm going to bring you their stories, how they got started, why do they make, and how do they manage being a maker as well as a busy mom. Every week, I will bring you one story of a maker mom. And this week, for the very first episode, I'm going to bring you the story of me. So, who am I? Like I said before, my name is Katie Freeman, and I own a business called Freeman Furnishings, where I make heirloom quality wood artwork for the Bold Home, uh, and that includes furniture and other home furnishings. But that was not my start into making at all. Uh, So a little bit more background on myself, Um, besides owning Freeman Furnishings, I'm also a quality assurance consultant, which having that job, uh, it comes with a lot of flexibility. I get to set my own hours. I get to take what jobs um, fit my schedule. Um, So that flexibility allows me to build my own business and allows me to do all the kind of crazy running around stuff you have to do when you're a mom. And it also allows me to bring in an income while I'm just getting started on this journey of my own business. So I do that, um, but I'm also a wife and I have two kiddos. My oldest uh, just started kindergarten this year and is five and my youngest will be three in January. So they definitely keep me busy as well. Um, So if you go back into my childhood, I think that's really where the foundation of making or creating got started for me. Um, growing up, it was just my mom and I for the longest time. Um, and we didn't have a ton of money. And so things like birthday presents and Christmas presents more often than not were made, not bought. Um, and of course my mom's making was uh, much better than my making of her gifts. Um, but it really taught me this value that handmade goods are so much more precious, um, because, you know, somebody put their time, they put their love, they put their, you know, sometimes blood, sweat, and tears, um, into that gift. And no, it might not be all shiny and perfect, like what you might pick up in a store, but what you're given is absolutely amazing because they made it um, and they made it for you uh, in my instance. So I really just learned that value that handmade goods, um, especially handmade goods by somebody in your family is all the more precious than necessarily something you can buy on a shelf. Um, So, you know, because we didn't have a lot of money, um, it wasn't just about making presents for each other, but, you know, my mom sewed most of my clothes uh, in my early years until I became a teenager and absolutely refused to wear them Um, because, you know, teenage girls can be obnoxious. Uh, 
and I definitely fell in that category at times. But anyways, um, you know, it, it made us get creative with all kinds of things. And I think that just is in my blood because of that. And I appreciate that fact now that I'm an adult. Um, but how did I get started as a maker? How long have I been a maker? Um, so really my journey started when I went to college. I went to the University of Northern Iowa. I live in Iowa. And um, I originally went there as an industrial tech ed uh, major. It only took one semester to realize that I had absolutely no uh, drive to work with high school students, especially when it was probably going to be mainly high school males. I just did not want to do that. So I changed my major to manufacturing technology with an emphasis in design and automation. And I loved it because with that degree, I got so much time in the lab with all of my classes. And they have a really super awesome lab there. Um, they have all kinds of woodworking tools, all kinds of metalworking tools. They have a foundry there, CNC machines. I mean, they have, it runs the whole gamut. And um, back in the early 2000s is when I was going to college. And back then, for $15 a semester, I basically had open access whenever they have open lab time to anything there. And that's really kind of where I got started with, you know, kind of grown up making, if you will. Now, I still sucked very much so because I had no background with any kind of tools, though every time I learned a new tool, I absolutely loved it. And um, kind of the shop uh, superintendent there uh, was really awesome and took time with me to walk me through you how to use all the tools and when I had a question of like you know this is what I wanted to do how do I do that he took the time to walk me through it um, but also gave me plenty of freedom to make mistakes and try again and try again and try again um, and I really appreciated that I made a couple tables my freshman year they both sucked like they totally ended up in the dumpster like on freshman move out um, at the end of the, at the end of the year, but I learned a lot from that. Um, mainly I learned like, you know, there's no limit or the only limit really is your imagination when it comes to making. Um, so I finished out my four year degree and then I kind of went into my professional career. So I started out as an industrial engineer and eventually moved into quality engineering in the manufacturing field. Um, because you know, that's where the money was. And so that's where I went, and uh, with that, I eventually met who would become my wife, and I followed her out to California, because California over uh, Iowa, I think most people would choose California. Um, <clears throat> so we were out there, just the two of us, in a new community, and I just, you know, I didn't really know anybody besides her, and we happened to also work together. Um, and so I was like, well, what can I do with my free time? What do I need to do? You know, her hobbies were, uh, and still are cycling and gardening. And those two things just do not speak to me whatsoever. And so out in Southern California, woodworking is especially popular. And a community college near me, um, had a program, a furniture and cabinet making program. And so I decided to enroll in that. And that was really where I really learned some skills. Our first project was a clock, probably has like 120 hours in it. I still have it, still hangs on my wall. I love that thing. I'm never getting rid of that thing. Um, 
and it's beautiful. Um, but that's really how I got my start. And I was, you know, working my way through that program and my mom suffered a massive stroke. So we decided, um, to move back to Iowa. And at this point we had, um, our oldest, I was born at this point. He was just seven months old when we moved back to Iowa and there just wasn't those type of programs around here. I mean, pretty much the first thing I did when we moved back was look into some sort of program like that and it just didn't exist here. So, you know, I was like, okay, I got to take a break. I got like a small baby anyways. And that's when I had transitioned into consulting. And so trying to figure out how to make all that work. Um, and then we went into the process of getting pregnant with um, our second child and so, you know, life just took over and um, I didn't have, you know, when I was at the community college, I had access to this full, huge, beautiful shop with all of these tools, you know, a huge planer, a huge sander, huge bandsaw, like 10 different table saws. I mean, it, they had everything. Um, and I didn't have that, you know, I had very limited tools. And at that point, I was in the mindset of like, well, if I don't have all of those tools, I can't make. Um, so after fast forward a little bit, our second kiddo was born and, and this was in early 2016 and I just found myself, you know, I took time off from the consulting to spend at home with her really kind of found myself going, okay, I'm really good at this consulting job. Um, I'm making a good income for my family, but it doesn't light me up. Like I'm not super passionate about it. I'm not just, you know, waking up raring to go to get into work. And I was like, I need to find a job that I'm passionate about. Um, especially since with consulting, it's definitely kind of like feast or famine. And so during those famine times, you know, I was finding myself kind of getting depressed a little bit because I didn't have anything to do and just finding the drive to like get out and do stuff was hard for me. And so I was like, okay, I know that I work better when I'm busy, A. And two, I, I need that busy to be something that I'm absolutely passionate about. And so I was like, that's it. I'm just, you know, I had always had that dream in my head that one day I was going to have a company of my own making furniture and, you know, of course, making money at it. Um, and I was like, I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to go ahead and do it. So January of 2017, that's what I did. I started my own company, legit company, LLC, um, and just started going for it. I had no clients. Um, <laughs> uh, this wasn't like based off of, you know, people had reached out to me saying, hey, can you make me something at all? Um, and in fact, um, you know, what my, my goal is, is to basically get my own creations out there in the world. Um, and so that's what I started doing. I just started making a little at a time. You know, when I started out, I was like maybe churning out one project a month, but I just, I just got lit up by it and I actually found more excitement eventually. Um, well not more, but probably equally excited in learning like marketing and business strategies. Cause I never took any business classes in college. So it was all like DIY and just figuring things out, like all the social media and stuff. Um, and really 
getting into doing that too and trying to figure out what works there. So all of that um, is really how I got started with making um, and with my own business. So as you could tell from that kind of long-winded answer there, um, probably in college was the first time that I picked up a tool. And I would say, surprisingly, I don't, at least in college, I don't remember being intimidated by anything in any kind of school setting. I wasn't intimidated by the tools because there were people there who were willing to walk me through how to use them and and show me the safety measures that I needed to take. Now, using tools on my own at home was a different story. So honestly, if you had even told me a year before I started my own business at home, um, that I could make all kinds of pieces with the tools that I had, I would have said like you were you were full of crap because I just didn't think that I didn't have the confidence to say okay this is what I want to make these are the resources I have available how do I use those resources and make what I want to make um, I don't know what changed like in that year time but when I came down to it when I said I need to do this for myself that's what I did I said okay this is what I want to make these are the tools I have available to me. How do I make those tools make what I need or want to make? So once I gained that confidence in figuring that skill out, then that's all it took um, to get me now to the point where, you know, I can pretty much figure out anything that I want to make with the tools I have on hand. And if I can't, then I'm not intimidated or scared to say, okay, let's do some research on what tool I can get in order to accomplish what I want to accomplish. So, you know, one question that might get asked is, how do I manage this all? How do I manage, you know, I have my quality uh, um, assurance consulting and I'm a mom of two and a wife of one and I have my own business. Um, how do I do it all? And the answer is uh, probably the majority of the time I don't. Um, I'm just going to be honest here and say, you know, sometimes I fail grandly. Um, but then other times I win big too. Um, what I do do or try to do is put my family first. My wife and my kids come first. So if I'm, even if I'm like super busy trying to prepare for like a pop-up shop and get product done, which has kind of been my life lately, you know, if my kiddos are like, you know, my son especially since, you know, he's, he's able to articulate this now, if he's like, mommy, you know, I don't want you to sand anymore. I, I want you to come hang out with me. I try really hard to make that happen. Um, or, you know, maybe I give him a job uh, to do to help me so that he's part of the action. Um, I really want to make sure that they come first um, because if they don't, then why else am I doing all of this? Like that's kind of the end goal in mind is to create this life that's flexible and I get plenty of time in with my family and also plenty of time in 
um, with my business. So that's how I would say I get it done. They come first. Um, and then generally speaking, uh, like the quality assurance job comes second, uh, since that's the job providing the income right now. And then I fit Freeman furnishings into all the nooks and crannies. I mean, again, I'm lucky enough with the quality assurance consulting that, you know, very frequently I'll have at least two days, uh, full days a week where I can get time in the shop. And then I do a lot of like the behind the scenes stuff, um, like preparing social media posts and working on YouTube videos. And now probably this podcast, working on doing that kind of stuff um, in the evenings after the kids are in bed or early mornings or wherever there else there's like little nook and crannies that I can fit in that type of work. Um, so again, making family the priority so I spend as much time with them uh, as possible. What would I say my favorite part of being a maker is? This is like a tough question, um, I think, because I feel like I love every part about being a maker, except the sanding. The sanding could totally go away and I'd be okay with that. Um, I think there's two big things that I like. I like the challenge. I... Um, if you follow along with me at all on social media, you're, you'll see that I'm constantly experimenting. Um, it's almost rare that I do the same thing in a row, except for, of course, when I'm making like standard products for shops and um, festivals and stuff like that. But if it's just, you know, on my own um, and I don't necessarily have like something I have to be prepared for, if I'm just making um, then I'm going to throw in something new, like almost every time, because I love that challenge of like, hmm, I really wanted to try this. Let's just go and try it and see how it works out. So that's a big part. And then the other big part is just seeing something in my head and, and making it a reality. Like that is totally the coolest part when it's finished. Um, seeing that finished product especially seeing other people's reactions to it um, and then getting to explain to them the process of going through it, that is kind of really rewarding. And then what's my favorite part about being a mom? I think that's an equally difficult question to answer. Um, both my kids are like really, I, I mean, I think, you know, all kids are constantly changing and growing and getting into their own personality. But it seems especially so right now, at least for me in my life, and I love seeing their personality. Like, both of them crack me up probably on a, a daily basis multiple times. Uh, they're total opposites personality-wise, and, you know, I love each of their personalities equally. And I really just love that. Um, and I love, like being able to kind of get into play with them, like bringing out my own inner child. Um, it actually is quite helpful a lot of times um, if I feel like I have maker's block just to go play with the kids. And it's amazing after not very long how many ideas start flooding into my head. Um, but of course, that's not the main reason I love playing with the kiddos. Um, I just love it. I mean, there's nothing better, I don't think, than that giggle. There just is nothing better than that.
Um, so that probably would be my favorite part about being a mom. As far as challenges, um, being a female maker in a male, traditionally male-dominated field, um, I would say, like, as equals with other, like, with male makers, I don't feel like I've had any real challenges. Um, I feel like in the maker community, like, we're all seen as equal regardless of our gender, our race, or anything like that, and so... Like, I don't feel like there's been any challenges there. You know, we can all sit down and talk shop together and we're all equally respected in that regards. But, like, in the community at large, I feel like there's definitely challenges, you know. Um, I Probably one of my biggest pet peeves is walking into, like, a big box store or, or even a smaller, like, tool store and either A, being completely ignored or B, um when they do ask if I need anything and I'm talking to them, uh, I've been, had someone mansplain to me quite frequently, uh, about different tools and materials and having to explain to them, I know what I'm looking for. I'm just having trouble finding it. Um, or I know how to use a certain tool. Um, and then, you know, I think even though like, you know, I feel like, um, I have a pretty small, in comparison to some some bigger people out there, pretty small social media channel, uh, channels, and yet there's still been like comments and and messages that I've snuck through that, um, you know, just aren't appropriate to say to anybody, and and I know that you know some of the mail makers get get comments and stuff as well, um, but generally I think maybe it's on a different line than than what women makers can get sometimes. One thing that I want to see happen, uh, one reason I'm doing this business is to model for my kids, like if there's something you want, if there's something you really want to do, you can do it. You've just got to put in the work and you've just got to be passionate enough and those two things together, you will be able to reach whatever dream it is you want to reach. So that's what I hope that they learn most of all. Um, and second of all, you know, I especially since my youngest is, is you know, she's my daughter. Um, and being a female and again, a more traditionally male role, um, I hope specifically for her to be able to demonstrate that, you know, anybody can go ahead and use power tools. It's not just meant for men or anything like that. And, you know, it kind of excites me that, to be quite honest, my daughter is probably a little bit more interested in what I do out in the shop than my son is. Um, you know, obviously they get both of them get equal access to me out there and get equal understanding of what I'm doing. Um, but I, I just find that exciting and I hope for both of their sakes that they understand again, that whatever they want to do, they can go out and do it. Um, they just have to have that drive. Now, this last thing I'm going to talk about is a question. That's the last question I ask all of the maker moms during their interviews. And that is, you know, what would I say to another mom who wants to start making 
and I'm going to clarify this here, that I define making as basically being creative in, in any way. So that could be woodworking, it could be metalworking, it could be crocheting, it could be painting, it could be being a resin artist, it could be a million gajillion things, just creating in some way. Uh, but if there's a mom who wants to start making and maybe feels that hesitation or lack of confidence um, to get started, what would I say to her to get her going? And, you know, the common response here is generally I hear, well, you know, I would say just, just go for it. Just get going. Um, you know, don't hesitate. Just start small. And and I echo all of that. I agree with that. Um I might add um, to approach it with some curiosity um, and to maybe, if it's an issue of confidence, at least personally I have found that it helps me to get that confidence if I reach out to somebody or talk with somebody else who's done that and then at least at least talk with them or maybe get them to show me and so it, even if if you need to ask for help maybe you can look for local classes on whatever it is that you're trying to do or maybe there's like a local community center or um or local club that does what you want to try to do i think there's all forms of ways of learning out there and I mean, there's YouTube too. So if you're, you know, in a remote area, maybe that's what you have to do. Um, but I would say don't be afraid to ask for help to get started. Um, and then equally, don't be afraid to take that help to get started when it's offered. Um, you know, because if somebody's offering, then they really do want to help you out. So that's all about me, I guess. Um, so thank you for listening to this very first episode. And I hope you will be back for more episodes. Again, each week I will bring you an interview of a new maker mom and uh, about her journey, her story, how she got started making um, and how she handles the, the daily hustle of being a mom and a maker. So I will see you back with the next episode.